Hello, welcome to Dying to Talk. I'm Buddy Feneff, a fourth generation funeral director in New Hampshire and the owner of Feneff Funeral Homes and Crematorium and the founder of the Cremation Society of New Hampshire. My co-hosts today are Mandy Damaris and Madison Smith, both longtime funeral directors with our firm. Hello, I'm Mandy. Thanks for joining us on Dying to Talk. Hi, I'm Madison. We're excited to discuss some frequently asked questions about the funeral industry. Dying to Talk is a lighthearted and upbeat discussion of those topics no one really wants to talk about. Each episode, we will choose a subject that is related to funeral service, the cremation process, or death and dying. Today, we're going to talk about a very important subject, which is paying for a funeral. Um, in some ways, um, some talking about maybe some creative ways that people aren't aware of and some misconceptions out there uh, about funeral payments and options. Um, so ladies, fire away. Well, I mean, I guess, what are the obvious ways? Obvious, way. obvious ways. So the, the, the most obvious way to pay for a funeral, and to me, the, the, the easiest way, because as we know, funerals are obviously when the death of a loved one is you know, very emotional, and it's the absolute worst time in the world to start making major financial decisions. My loved one just died. Now we have to come up with money, figure out how much things are going to cost. Families get arguments. So the best way to do it is pre-planning. Right. You do things ahead of time. Um, you know, whether it be using existing life insurance or setting up a, a payment plan or paying in one lump sum, that's clearly the easiest way because there is no financial discussion at the time. Everything is paid for. Everything is locked in. Mm-hmm. Um, at least in our firm, and I think this this pretty much goes nationwide, of all the, the families that we served, and last year we served about 2,300 or so families, about a third of, fam- third of the families had pre-arrangements, pre-funded arrangements mm-hmm. in place. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have a third of the families that have already planned ahead and, and, and done that, which is, you know, which is good and smart, but obviously that, that doesn't right. affect every single person. Not everyone has maybe the, the funds in advance. You know, obviously a sudden or tragic death of someone in their 30s or 40s or 50s, you know, you're not going to start pre-planning necessarily that. So um, that, that assists some families, but not, not the balance of them. Right. So, so when that happens, when, when there have been no provisions put in place, no preparation, um, what if what if there's zero money like there there's it's unexpected death or it's an expected death whatever the case may be and the family just doesn't have any money at all before we talk about zero money let's talk about um you know someone passes away and and mom doesn't make arrangements most funeral homes like ours you know the person comes let's say it's a five thousand dollar funeral the family will come you know with cash or a check personal check bank check credit cards you know, all the traditional stuff. A lot of funeral homes will also um, work with life insurance companies to do an assignment on part or all of the policy. So there's not necessarily any um, any money coming out of pocket for the family. As you know, ladies, because you deal with this all the time, um, more than I do, you know, the families, if someone's mom has a nice $10,000 policy with Prudential, the funeral is 5000 they can bundle in, you know, costs for the luncheon or flowers or things, so there truly could be no out-of-pocket for the family, and mm-hmm. we can build the insurance company for those. Um, but those are situations that people have left, um, you know, have either had life insurance or they've left funds available, whether it be their own funds or family members stepping up and saying, you know what, put my mom's student on the credit card. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people think, and it happens all the time, that, oh, yep, dad has, you know, that has $20,000 sitting in the bank, and he has the house and the car and all kinds of assets, and we have to go to probate court. Um, unfortunately, because the courts are so backed up, probate is not a 
financial means to pay for the funeral because probate in New Hampshire can take six to 12 plus months. Right. Um, and unfortunately, there's no one that's going to wait six to 12 months for money because a lot of people think, oh, the money is going right to the funeral home. And what they don't understand is, you know, a $5,000, $10,000 funeral, yes, you know, we're collecting that money, but we're writing out checks to the cemetery. We're writing out checks to the florist. We're writing out checks to the vault company or the casket company or the state of New Hampshire to issue death certificates or or places for luncheon. So obviously, you know. And that's all, that's all real money going out. That's all out, real money right? going out. So, you know, even if we wanted to... to you know, and we're obviously a small family business, like most funeral homes are, and can't you know start. We're not we're not at a accounts receivable department, and obviously, we can't go to the union leader or you know one of the local cemeteries and say, oh, you know, you're going to get paid in six to twelve months. When the, they're going to say they're going to say no, everyone, um, because the reality is you know people can't pay their employees, they can't pay for their things until there's money. So, unfortunately, probate court is not a not a financial means, which a lot of people. You know, as you know, we're sitting down with them and they say, mm-hmm. oh, my God, it takes that long. And oh, my God. Right. And oftentimes what we end up doing is, you know, suggesting that, you know, several family members perhaps um, pool their resources, put it on credit cards and then reimburse themselves down the road from, you know, from the probate settlement. But uh, you know, even that can be difficult. You know, not everybody not has every- a credit card. Yeah. Not everybody has that, you know, those high limits on their cards. Right. And, it's, and the same thing related to... Um, you know, oh, can we do a payment plan? And, you know, in in, in theory, it sounds really good because people are so used to, oh, we can do, you know, we can pay for a car on, you know, a car on credit. We can do this. We can go and buy furniture on credit. Um, but those are large corporations. Those are, are large corporations. That, right? and, 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 you know, in 99.9% of the cases, there's an asset behind. You buy a house and you don't pay for the house. The bank's taking the house. Right. You buy a car. You don't pay for your car. You buy your furniture. You don't pay for your furniture. I mean, obviously, we've rendered the funeral. Right. There's they, nothing that can't take be, back. Can't, take, can't take back, can't pay back the funeral. Right. And, and as I mentioned, a lot of these other places, I mean, it's just them. When you're buying a car, they're not writing out checks to, you know, to cemeteries. And, you know, as you know, for, for an, an average funeral, easily a third of the funds could be going out to other, to sometimes half, could be going out to, to third-party providers that, you know, that include, again, cemeteries and pallbearers and, and flower companies and, and mm-hmm. casket companies. So even if we did want to do a payment plan, you know, none of these third-party vendors are going to be accepting payments. And so, I mean, as much as we'd like to do it, it's just not, it's just economically not a, not a reality. So. Mm-hmm. Are there any grant programs that people can get funds from? The only grant program, which is actually fairly new, is is through hospice. Um, there's an organization in New Hampshire, a great, great new organization called Hospice Help Foundation. And families that don't have the financial resources that are under hospice programs um, can get financial assistance through hospice help. So to answer your question, yes, there are grants, but actually hospice help is applying for grants and fundraising to help those families because you know grants take can take weeks to months to years to, to the grant writing so um that that's one grant the other the other grant that i'm aware of in the state of new hampshire and it's not really a grant program but it's it's sort of a um, sort of a, a donation is through um easter seals and easter seals has a very it, it's they don't publicize it and you know, I'm not quite sure why because i we just learned about it about a year ago is they have a special program for veterans and they will assist honorably discharged veterans who are in, you know, financial crisis, who have passed away, to assist the family um, with with cremation arrangement. We've dealt with them a number of times, never on a full burial, but it's mostly for, for cremation through Easter Seals. They do have a special benefits 
program. But it's an application process, and it's not, you know, it's just it's not a slam dunk. It's actually you, know, you have to prove that there is financial need there. So th- those are, you know, specific. Uh, the hospice health help program helps patients who died under hospice Correct. care. The, East, the VA Easter Seals program helps veterans. They help on a week discharge veterans, right, correct. Right, right. Um, and that's what we mentioned before the break, some of the bad information that's out there regarding veterans. Yeah. Um, many, many, many families come to me and say, well, the VA is going to pay for the entire right. funeral. Right. Um, and what they, because somewhere along the lines, they've been told that the VA has some sort of compensation reimbursement, something or other, but they think it covers everything. And the VA provides some some great benefits for honorably discharged veterans, most of which are recognition benefits where Mm -hmm. they provide free burial space in either a federal or here in New Hampshire state. We don't have a federal veteran cemetery. We have a state in Bosquin. So they provide for free graves. Mm -hmm. They provide for free headstones. Mm -hmm. They provide for a flag. They provide for military honors. They can even get a, a, uh, a clergy person from the from the VA and branch of service that can do it. So, but those are mainly recognition benefits. It takes money to get the person to the veteran's cemetery. Right. Um, there are v- limited situations where the VA will actually pay monetary benefits to the family, and it's a reimbursement. It's not going directly to the funeral home. So if someone passes away at a VA hospital or VA-contracted healthcare facility, the VA pays a nominal, and it, and it ranges, but it's anywhere from four to $600, um, back to the family for transportation costs to the funeral home and off to the cemetery. But again, that's something that takes months to, to it takes. It can take, um, I, I've seen it take up to eight months for the family to get, you know, what happens is, unfortunately, they, the family comes, they pay for the funeral. We have all the veterans' forms here. You know, we assist them to fill it out. They send in a copy of the veterans, the, the bill, showing who's paid with the veterans' application for reimbursement. And anywhere from four to eight months later, the family may get a, you know, three to four to five hundred dollar reimbursement check. Mm-hmm. Um, benefits are obviously slightly different if someone was full career military or had their 20 years um, or was getting a VA disability check or was getting a VA, um, you know, a retirement check, you know, mm-hmm. mostly for full military. You don't have to be a colonel or anything as long as you're right. getting. Like the benefits, no, nope, benefits years. are stepped up a little bit. And, of course, if, God forbid, someone passes away during, you know, during a, um, you know, active military, mm-hmm. it's a whole other different level of right. benefits. I mean, that short, we short of, of dying active duty, you know, during a war, the the, re- the reimbursement you get from the VA is it's not even going to come close to covering the cost no, of the No, it's, funeral. you know, for an average funeral today is, you know, is eight to $10,000, and, you know, you're talking four to $600, so it's mm-hmm. not even, you know, 5, 5% of it. Right, right. Right. So it's there. I mean, it certainly helps for, the, you know, mm-hmm. four or five, $600 is nice, and, and but it's, it's not something that's unfortunately readily mm-hmm. readily available for the family. So Another thing that I hear often is um, paying, um, Social Security paying for the funeral. Right. Which is also wrong. Which is also wrong. <laughs> oh, yep. Social Security pays. Yep, they pay everything. No. Um, and as we know, Social Security, there's a couple of misconceptions. First off, a lot of people think, oh, we've paid into Social Security. Therefore, Social Security is going to pay for the funeral. Um Wrong and oh, everybody gets a Social Security death benefit. Right. So that's a big one. That's now. a big one. So the, the the Social Security law, as it currently written, says that if if a um, if someone passes away and there is a surviving spouse, that spouse would get two hundred and fifty five dollar what's called a lump sum survivor's benefit. Doesn't go to the funeral home. Uh, a lot of people think we can we can oh can you just have that sort of you know 
discounted off the bill. Or... Discounted off the bill and just collected from Social Security. They won't even pay us even if we ask for it. It's going directly to the family. Right. Um, and if the person does not have a spouse, then there is no death benefit. So, well, oh, dependent children would receive. I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm talking about okay. the, the 255 spousal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is a there is a you know a survivor's benefit if there's minor children. They would like my wife's um, mother died when she was a young child, so her and her sister ended up getting a, a monthly Social Security check because obviously her mom was one of the caregivers. Mm-hmm. Um, still, doesn't have anything to do with the 255. Mm-hmm. But if there's minor children, yes, they would continue to get a you know get a get a check from the VA until they become the age of... Social Security. Social Security check, yes. A check from Social Security. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Um, But as far as as that 255, well, you know, we lived together for 10 years, therefore Social Security, you know, they should consider us husband and wife. It doesn't work that way. Or I was a caregiver and my, you know, there's, again, lots and lots and lots of misconceptions about, you know, what they pay and this this is blanket assumption that Social Security gives every single person that passes away $255 and it's, it's not the case. So these are definitely not avenues that um, that are going to make a significant difference in paying for the no, funeral. No. I mean, aside from the, the hospice help and the VA, the Easter seals, you know, they'll pay a good. They'll a good pay. Portion. You know, oftentimes, you know, we work with them. As you know, we have special programs at them. We'll often work with them to basically discount our fees to accept their payment. But they're, you know, they're limiting what the family can do. What they don't want to do, because again, the more money they're giving away, um, and they, you know, they have limited budgets. Obviously, mm-hmm. Easter seals and. And hospice help both, you know, five hundred one c three, you know, nonprofits. Um, every every penny they're giving out is a penny that they can't give to someone else. So right. someone's saying, "Oh, great, we got a thousand dollars from Hospice Help Foundation. Now we have nine thousand dollars more to pay for the funeral." No, it's it's they're basically saying well, the money that we're giving the funeral home or the cremation firm really needs to cover pretty much everything for the cremation. We don't want the family to start writing out checks for thousands of dollars more because again. It's taking away someone that that thousand dollars is the difference between being able to get their family member cremated or not. Right. Um, and they're they're very you know very limited, especially on hospice help, very limited in funding. What other types of uh, assistance programs does the funeral home offer to help families that have limited resources or no resources? Um, we have a couple things. We we do have um, you know we do have a as, as much as we don't you know like to see financing a funeral. We do work with a third-party company that you know will will assist the family with what we call at-need credit financing of a funeral. But again, it's it's um, it's an unsecured line of credit, and your um, you know your credit score has to be you know fairly good. Doesn't have to be amazing, um, and it is an application process, and it could take a couple of days. And obviously, you know this person's passed away, and the family wants to move forward, and the you know the waiting for money or this. So I mean, there are financing companies out there of which you know we we work with with one of them, but there, there are a number of them. And, and the last one, I don't certain if you want to call it a, a financing option, is um, in New Hampshire. Again, a lot of misconceptions. People think the state of New Hampshire pay for indigent families, um, and in the the financial assistance, if someone truly is indigent and has no funds, the responsibility by regulation actually falls to the city or town the person lived is a, in. lived in at the time of passing. Most cities and towns in New Hampshire pay um, $1,000 towards funeral or cremation services, most cases cremation. Um, a number of them also pay seven fifty or somewhere in between. There, a few of them pay less than that. Yeah, um, I've encountered a couple. A couple but that it's pay less often. than that. Yep, and um, 
I'm sure many funeral homes do, but we have a special, what we call a social services program that if the family does get approved for financial assistance, then we discount our cremation fee to $1,000 to accept that. Um, if, if the town only pays, for example, towns like larger towns like Nashua, Manchester, or Concord pay $750, the family would just be really responsible for, for $250. But um, given the fact that it's taxpayer money, it's municipal money, it's an application process. Right. So it's not us calling up the, you know, the city of Concord and saying, you know, Mrs. Smith passed away and the family says she has no money. Can you write us a check? Mm-hmm. The family has to go in, do an application. And, and unfortunately, not only do they need to prove that the deceased is indigent, they need to prove to the, the city and town that there are no other resources. Because there's a difference between not having the financial means to pay and not wanting to pay. Right. So someone's saying, you know, my mom had no money. I got plenty of money, but I don't really feel as though I should be paying for my mom's funeral. Therefore, I'm going to request financial assistance. That type of person is not going to be approved. Mm-hmm. Um, is it a lengthy, I mean, a lengthy process? I mean, I've experienced many different scenarios. Yeah. 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 You know, as, as counterintuitive as this sounds to me, and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Ladies, is that it almost seems like the smaller a town, the smaller the town, the quicker the approval process. Big, bigger cities like Manchester, Nashua, and Concord, where you know they have multiple people applying for financial assistance on a on a daily basis, it can take anywhere. You know, I've seen it take over a week. Mm-hmm. But you get these smaller towns that may only get this request, um, you know, once a month, once a year, maybe mm-hmm. every other year. Um, they're much quicker in responding. And yeah, in some I cases, it's, in some cases, they'll you know they'll provide an answer back to us and say, "Yep, um, the Smith family came in, and we're going to give them a thousand dollars for commission. Just send us over a bill." Mm-hmm. Um, so, but it but it varies. And, and believe it or not, sometimes people lie in the application no, process. No, they don't. And they're, they're, you know they're not they're not being forthright and saying you know I'm not going to tell them about my mom's life insurance or checking account and again getting back to probate court a lot of people are going to welfare for assistance because the funds are tied up in probate and saying oh we have access the money's there mm-hmm. we just don't have access so we need the the, the city or the town to mm-hmm. pay for it now see I've had uh, welfare come. Um, Families go to welfare in a similar situation. Mm-hmm. There are funds, but they're tied up. And welfare has placed a lien on their home or, uh, you know, required some other collateral mm-hmm. and required the family to pay them back. Is that something that all welfare departments require? Or is, I think are, it's is on it a, like a case-by-case? Case? I think it's on a case-by-case case basis and how well you plead your case to mm-hmm. the, you know, to the welfare officer or that town or mm-hmm. how well you're known in the community if that person is already mm-hmm. sort of a known entity in the community that they were already getting some sort sort of, uh, you know, subsidized assistance? Maybe. Um, I don't think it's necessarily written in their regs. One more thing to talk about, and I, I know we've all had interesting experiences with this, is the fairly new concept of crowdfunding mm. for funerals. Um, there's sites like GoFundMe, which is probably the, the most well-known site where, you know, people can post and request, um, you know, request money for memorial services or financial services. But, um you know these things. These these they're wonderful sites, but unfortunately, they're you know they're not all these great silver linings. There's always comes with, you know, with with um, you know, certain um, restrictions. Restrictions. Um, I came across a site the other day that um, and there's uh, there's there's a number of them. There's GoFundMe, which again most people know about. There's another one out there which I've dealt with called DepositAGift.com. 
There's phenofund.com, there's the We Care card, the Plum Fund, and the Donate Two Fund. Those are probably the top, you know, seven or eight um, crowdsource crowdfunding sites. But but some of them, I mean, first off, they, they charge fairly significant fees, mm-hmm. anywhere from five to eight up to ten percent of the funds that were raised. So you raise two thousand dollars, you're not necessarily keeping all that two thousand dollars. Right, and there's, there's a delay period from when the funds go in. There's until a, they're available there's a delay period and we, we've had you know people take advantage we've had we've had people that funerals have been completely paid for the lady paid for it herself yet the family is doing a, a you know a gofundme page and we're getting calls from people saying oh they go and i'm saying well we'd rather send the money to you than the gofundme and we're saying well don't send any money to us the funeral's paid for so, you know, you got to sort of sometimes question. I mean, it's, it's like anything else. People take advantage and mm-hmm. abuse things. And, you know, and because of these crowdsourcing, crowdfunding is becoming so popular, I think mm-hmm. people aren't even giving it a second thought. They just to make their donation. And right. You know, and most of them, like anything else, most of them are, are legit. And the funding is really a truly, mm-hmm. you know, wonderful thing that people are doing in terms of that. But, but you know, people do abuse it. Mm-hmm. And it's just... A, you know, and it's going to give, you know, eventually these things that come out, someone raised $20,000 for something and find out person, you know, went off on vacation with it and nothing went to the, you know, to pay for the funeral. Right. So, and that has definitely happened. That's has definitely happened. And there are also, for the crowdfunding, there's actually two types of, because you put in a, an amount that you're trying to raise. In most of the programs, like GoFundMe, you know, you're putting in, we need to raise $5,000 from my mom's, you know, cremation and memorial service. Um, and you're only able to raise, say, 3500 GoFundMe after they take out their fees. That's the money that's going to the family. Um, but there's some some that are actually all or nothing. You put that on, you put that $5,000 request, and you only raise $4,000 and you don't meet your goal, all the money is going back to the donors, hmm. donees. That just sounds counterproductive. It does. Um, but again, you know, you, you got to look at ultimately these, these you know, these, these companies that are doing this, they're these crowds, they're yeah. businesses and they're, you know, there's there's costs, and they want to make sure. You know, some of them they're still taking their fees out, and you know, maybe they offer a lower fee, knowing that they're going to hit the. T- so I don't, you know, I don't know what their business model necessarily is, but those are sort of the, sort of the two out there where you can get partial or sort of an all or nothing type type thing. Well, I mean, they, they definitely have a lot of resources there. Right. Some for paying for all, some for paying for portion, right. some not worth paying, <laughs> not worth it at all. No, not worth it at all. So definitely a lot of resources. Yeah. We actually have a funeral cost estimator on our website, which takes you step-by-step through the cost of either a cremation or a funeral to help you understand what funds you need when planning for yourself or for a loved one. In the show notes, we also have a link for funeral financing. If our listeners have any questions about funerals or cremations in New Hampshire and Vermont, I'm happy to answer them. Just email me at buddy at finef.net. That's buddy at p-h-a-n-e-u-f.net. Or call me directly at 603-625-625. 5778. Thank you for joining us on Dying to Talk.